You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in this morning, we're visiting with psychologist Dr. James Link about a woman's true identity. So far, we've talked about how our world and even women themselves impact perceptions. We're now going to move into how women can dismiss these bad perceptions and focus on ones that are true and good. Jack, did you have a question for Dr. Lee? I did have a question, and and I think it fits here. Uh, Where... um, I'm curious as to what are some of the more subtle cultural messages that women get that objectify them, but they might not even realize that's what's happening. Well, something that that I hear from uh, a lot of women as well would be the sense of uh, this perception and this kind of kind of a radical feminist perspective of you know women being able to. Um, be all things and to do all things in a way that um, leads them, again, to feel very overwhelmed and to take them away from probably some of their, their true dignity, and particularly in, in, in regards to even, uh, we live in such a highly sexualized world that sometimes that's the, kind of the lens through which women are viewed in the sense of being empowered and being, uh, being autonomous is through this sexuality and through kind of having all these things. And really leads women to just to feel exactly the opposite of how they would want to feel as being authentic feminine. So I think that's a significant one. I think um, oftentimes there's um, very polarized messages on what it means to be a woman. On one hand, um, struggling with kind of a radical feminism. And then on the other hand, oftentimes women feeling or having this kind of unhealthy sense of being submissive in the world. And, and both of those kind of polar opposites, I think, really take away from a healthy understanding of what it means to be an authentic woman within the light of the gospel message and, and what certainly even what our Blessed Mother uh, demonstrated in her life uh, for, for a model of, 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 of being feminine. So it sounds like there are kind of two extremes that women mm-hmm. might be battling, and, right. um, and we want to be kind of in the middle or where, where actually where truth is. So are there, yes. you know, we talked a little bit about practical means, first of all, absolutely what you said, becoming aware. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah. that's where we always start um, with making changes. Yeah. And then can you, can you talk about a few more little practical things that women can do, maybe even as a part of a routine in their, in their daily life or after they're, they've become aware? Sure. Well, I think a big part of, of what I hear from women that is really important for them to stay grounded uh, in, in, in their authentic identity would certainly be, uh, you know, prayer, prayer and uh, meditation in terms of, of being, you know, cultivating a greater awareness of what it means to, to be a woman and in their particular walk with, with God is key. Another thing that a lot of women speak of is, is just having a really good support group of other women who can help them on this journey. And I think this is part of what, what the upcoming conference is going to be about, is really the importance of having that type of, of an atmosphere where you can be supported. Because I think when you're trying to live an authentic witness in whatever walk of life you are, you need those people who can support you and who can 
help to keep you on the right path, right? And, and to not give into some of those cultural influences and those perceptions and just some of those things that we struggle with. So I think, I think that's really important. Uh, another thing that I feel is, is, as a psychologist is really being able to, to practice appropriate self-care because whenever we kind of live in a stressed-out, over overwhelmed life where we're kind of in this constant fight-or-flight response, you know, where we're, we're disturbed, unsettled, overwhelmed, you know, all that does for us is kind of bring up all those negative perceptions and thoughts and feelings, and it's really hard then to stay grounded in our true identity when we're kind of living in a kind of a chaotic life. So I think practicing good self-care, being grounded in our faith and prayer, and then having good people in our life who can kind of keep us on track is, is really important. And some people, you know, were lucky enough to grow up in families where this was kind of just part of their life growing up is this true identity. And then other people, maybe not so much. And they're working hard to kind of unravel some of that and, and to learn a new way of being through the light of their faith and what we've been talking about today. So that can you talk a little bit more about the self-care? I'm, I'm thinking of the um, kind of what who the human person is, where spirit, soul, and body, and are there, are there ways that each one of those aspects of who we are um, can be cared for that are um, practical? I love what you said about women gathering in community and, and having a support group of other women. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's very important. You know, uh, you know, certainly taking care of our spiritual well-being, taking care of our soul, but uh, you know, taking care of, of our bodies, in, in, a, in, a, in a healthy way, I, th- I think it's important to, uh, to have a healthy sense of, of self, identity in our body, in a healthy way, not in the way that our culture tells us, right, which is oftentimes uh, very out of, out of balance, I think, relationally. And that's really a big part, I think, the gift of, of, of a woman is their relational, their relational emotional IQ. Uh, you know, Pope Francis talks a lot about this. Edith Stein, a great philosopher, talks about that women are really, their, their gift is in the heart, right? Their ability to nurture emotions and to bring life to the world, whether that's physical life or spiritual life. And so I think for women, having that relational um, relationships and having those emotional self-care is absolutely key for them, is where they flourish. Mm-hmm. And women that they can trust. And, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like that's even important for men because I think, you know, there, there are men of faith out there and they need to have the support of other men of faith just to know that they're not alone, mm-hmm. especially when you consider, you know, the the culture that we're living in, which is, you know, really, the church is really countercultural, and we need to have the strength of a group with us. And, spe- and speaking of men, um, <laughs> one question as we're, that I've, that's been brought to me as we're promoting the upcoming Redeemed Women's Conference, Trusted Sisters, is um, is when people see our list of keynotes and and see that a man is going to be addressing us about <laughs> what makes a woman yeah. tick. Um, how should we be responding to that, Doctor Link? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I guess I would. I, yeah, when I signed up for this and I agreed to it, it was with some fear and trepidation for that very reason. Of like, <laughs> who who am I to speak on what it means to be a woman? But in my own life, you know, growing up with sisters and sisters-in-law and a mother and, and being married myself and having daughters. Uh, and, and in my work as a, as a psychologist working with a lot of women, I just hope to be able and, and to share just some perspectives and some things that I've heard 
that I've learned, that I've been able to engage with with women, and hopefully from a man's perspective, which could which could also lend something for women who are, who might be struggling with particular areas in their life. So, I think the short answer is it's always good to get an outside perspective. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is really true. I mean, sometimes we can't see ourselves for who we are. And, mm-hmm. and we do need the other to help us um, grow in our understanding of ourselves. So, yes, it's going to be great to have you, have you there at the conference. Yes. This is only a taste of what's to come at the conference, I think. You know, you'll, I'm sure you'll be talking more on this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but what else will you be sharing with the, uh, the women who will be attending? Don't tell too much, though, because we want them to come. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I hope to really just be able to, again, kind of set the tone in terms of, of looking at our identity as, as beloved daughters of God, and tying in some of the work that, um, from uh, Edith Stein, from, uh, from various popes, uh, being able to look at things from a psychological perspective in terms of thoughts, feelings, and desires. And then I also just want to talk uh, about our Blessed Mother and the importance of kind of holding her up as a, as a as a preeminent model of, of what it means to be feminine, what it means to be a nurturer, what it means to bring life to the world, you know, and I think that that's such a, such a gift. So those would be some of the things that I hope to cover, and some practical strategies as well. Well, that sounds wonderful. And the subtitle of the Redeemed Conference, Trusted Sister, is Blessed to be a Blessing. And, and it, it sounds like what you're going to be talking about will fit perfectly into that, helping us recognize our blessedness so that we can be well, that blessing to others. Yes, I, hope, I certainly hope so. Yep. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Link, for being on, on our show this morning. And we, like I said, we look forward um, with joyful anticipation to your presence at the Redeemed Women's Conference in, at the end of March. Yes. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. Yes. God bless you, and have a great rest of your day. Yep. Okay, well, women, this one's for you, the Redeemed 2020 Conference. Trusted sisters, the conference begins, excuse me, Friday at the Fargo Avalon Event Center on Friday evening. And, uh, Doreen, my notes cut off here. I'm going to have to have you uh, finish the... Friday evening, we're going to be blessed to spend time in the presence of our Lord in adoration with the Vigil Project, a group of... Um, musicians from throughout the country who will share witnesses and stories from their own lives and um, they will help inspire us through sacred music and then um, on the on saturday morning we will have three guest speakers dr link um helen elveray and uh and and nell o'leary from blessed is she In addition, we'll have Mass and confessions will be available uh, throughout the day. We'll have lunch and we'll end with a social hour on Saturday evening. And up next, we'll have the pleasure of visiting with His Excellency Bishop Donald DeGroote, newly ordained in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And later, how you can help protect mothers and children this spring. Stay with us. Real Presence Live continues on the other side of this break. Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. 
We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. Real Presence Radio is now accepting applications for a full-time administrative assistant to the programming director. A qualified candidate should demonstrate excellent self-management and time management skills and have excellent oral and written communication skills. Tasks will include assisting in lining up daily guests for our local program, Real Presence Live, writing talking points and promotional material for program segments, and managing a programming calendar. Degree or experience in communication or business administration is preferred but not required. For more information, contact Brandon at 877-795-0122. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Okay, we are back. Jack and Doreen Canelli, your hosts this morning for Real Presence Live. And uh, for our next guest, he's fresh off his ordination in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. In fact, I suspect he's so fresh, if he hasn't washed his hands yet, you can probably still smell the chrism from the, <laughs> from the anointing. And what? Well, I certainly can smell the chrism, that's true. Okay, <laughs> so we're going to talk about what has your first week been like. And uh, um, hello, Your Excellency. We're certainly glad to have you on, and it's an honor to have you uh, with us this morning. And let's go back to your ordination. Well was that experience like and what moments stood out to you? Holy buckets, it's, uh, it was so amazing. Uh, I kind of describe it as like heaven and earth coming together, hmm. right? So you have this beautiful experience of the grace of God entering into you when the sacrament takes effect. So, for example, some of the moments that were very profound for me was the laying on of hands and the prayer of ordination. That's when uh, the ordination actually happens, when the person is configured to Christ in a whole new way, 
so that was a powerful moment. It was fun when the uh, oil came on the head because I kept thinking, when's it going to come? And where's it going to hit on my head? <laughs> so that's what I mean about heaven and earth coming together, you know. And when I'm laying on the floor with the, the prayer for the, uh, the saints, you know, all the things that are going through my mind, like, what's next? And, Oops. We're having a little trouble hearing you right now. Oh, can you hear me now? Okay. Yep. Okay. That's better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry Very about good. that. No worries. That's not a bit on my end. So no worries. I'm uh, I'm traveling a little right now. So we're going around the diocese trying to meet different uh, people out in the various regions of the diocese. Oh, how beautiful. And... Um, what a blessing for them. Bishop, could you, could you talk a little bit about the difference between your ordination as a priest and, your, and being ordained a bishop? Um, what yeah. is the difference in the ritual? Yeah, there's a lot of similarity to it. Uh, the main thing is the, um, when you're ordained a priest, the, uh, so there's a similar uh, prayer uh, with the laying on of hands. Uh, but the oil uh, for priesthood goes on the hands, and for the uh, for the bishop, uh, it actually goes on the head. Oh, so it's being configured to Christ as uh, the great high priest. So there's certainly that. There's the uh, responsibilities that go with it. So in priesthood, you can be um, you know you celebrate various sacraments. The ones that as a bishop, what I'm able to do that I wouldn't be able to do uh, as a priest would be like ordination of uh, uh, a priest, for example, or even uh, ordination of another bishop. So those things don't come with priesthood, but they come with the uh, with the order of the bishop. And then certainly the governing responsibilities, uh, governing the diocese and trying to help everybody, uh, the various parishes and those sorts of things. Well, I guess I put my ignorance on display with the introduction there where I mentioned the uh, chrism on your hands then. <laughs> well, no problem at all, but you know what I did is uh, after Archbishop had anointed me, um, I had my little, uh, the little red uh, cap, skull cap, it's called a zucchetto, and the, um, the oils were soaked into that, so I just put that little cap in my bedroom and so I can continue to smell the oils and remember the graces. Oh, how beautiful. Oh, great, because, you know, the sense of smell is what really can trigger memories for us. So, Absolutely. So you say you're traveling around right now. I suppose you're kind of introducing yourself to the various people throughout the Diocese of Sioux Falls. How are you settling in? You know what? It's been amazing. Um, I've shared with a few people. I feel like I'm settling in even faster than I would have anticipated. Uh, it's been a very full schedule, so it's been uh, kind of like drinking out of the fire hose. Uh, but that's good, because in the sense that I get out and get out to the regions. When I was appointed on the um, December 12th, I told the Chancery staff, I said, you know, right off the bat, I really want to get out and meet the people, uh, rather than, for example, just working in Chancery sort of things. I'll be... Uh, things that would be part of my work. Uh, but I wanted to start by meeting the people, getting out celebrating masses out of regional areas, getting to meet the clergy and the religious, uh, and the good faithful out here. So it's been a nice combination of that this last day, seeing some of the beautiful works uh, of mercy, <clears throat> so caring for the various people in need in various places. Uh, it's been wonderful. So you're starting to pick up their scent, are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's a good question. You know, the Holy Father said we're, uh, 
weird to smell like the sheep. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the first day I came down, uh, that was the night before the appointment. Um, I, I was in uh, Sioux Falls, and I got out of the car, and I could smell cattle. And I thought, well, I don't know how this is going to work. That's just to smell like sheep, not like cattle. Yeah. <laughs> is there a difference? <laughs> there well, no, I think it's all the same. <laughs> right. Get to know and love the people as they are. That's what he's trying to teach. Exactly. I suspect that there must be a different feeling, though, when you go out in public now as a bishop as opposed to a priest. Yes, yes. You know, I guess the way, that's a great question. The way I would describe it is there's like a greater fullness, um, and and that would make sense with the sacrament itself. So it's in the order of um, ordinations. There's the ordination of the deacon, so you participate in certain ways. Um, in the service of the Church, in the person of Christ, if you will. Um, but then as a priest, there's additional ones, and then the fullness of that is the bishop. So I certainly do experience a new fullness. But even the interactions, right? I mean, uh, because it's uh, much more public, now I go into places and people, uh, they recognize who I am, and I'm not as used to that. Mm-hmm. Has, it many, has anybody reached for your ring yet? You know, I have had uh, several people want to kiss the ring, which is a sign of reverence for the office uh, of the bishop, which is a reflection of the office of the high priest of Christ, mm-hmm. chief shepherd. Yeah. I imagine there must be an, uh, a feeling of awesome responsibility that goes along with your nation as a bishop as well. Oh, you're so right. And you know, the, the, the way that I find peace with that is when I keep going back in prayer, and the Lord assures me He just wants me to be myself, and that He would give me everything that I need. That was one of the great spiritual insights that I was given. So that's been extremely helpful in my journey. But I got to keep remembering that, right? Because when the things come, it can very quickly feel like, oh my gosh, this is like overwhelming. How are you supposed to do all of this? Especially as a baby bishop, where you're just trying to learn what the heck you're supposed to be doing. So uh, at times it can feel that way, but when I take it back to prayer and I realize, you know what? Christ is the good shepherd. I am just his, uh, his, if you will, apostle in his stead to do what I can. And I, you know, most of uh, what needs to happen is God's grace. So it's me just cooperating with that and being an instrument of that love. I, I would, I would think though that you know the Lord calling you to be yourself. I would think that there's always kind of a a, a voice in the background who's saying yourself is now a bishop. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because even psychologically, as you know, when I first got the call and kind of processing it, I describe it as people, I'm doing great when I'm in prayer and I'm just focused on the Lord and He gives me all that assurance. It's when I start thinking about either what I'm leaving behind or what I'm going to be walking into with the new responsibilities that it can become um, unsettling or feel like, you know, certainly a great sense of unworthiness, um, all those sorts of things. So, I think my own psyche is even trying to figure this all out as I go along. Right. Um, Bishop DeGrude, the guest we had on just before you is Dr. James Link, who's a clinical psychologist, and he talked about the importance of um, self-care. And and as you're talking about taking on these new responsibilities and how beautiful it is that our Lord has said, you know, be who you are, who I created you to be, um, do you anticipate ways in which you're going to really need to be aware of how you need to care for yourself, um, body, mind, and spirit, as you grow in taking on these responsibilities that God has called you to? 
Yeah, you know, for me, it's a constant effort. Um, I God's blessed me with energy and desires to uh, try to accomplish things, help with things. So um, I have built some particular things already into my life. Um, so to get a regular exercise pattern, uh, we've been traveling this week, so it's been hard to be consistent with that. Uh, but certainly regular exercise is critical. My time of spiritual reading in the morning and prayer is absolutely critical because it helps set my day, helps me take everything, uh, even the things of mind, body, and spirit, and just realize, okay, this is, this is all of the Lord. This is all I have, and this is all the Lord's asking of me, and trying to live within that. So um, I do know uh, trying to be consistent on a day off, but we can get the schedule to line up. Uh, we'll be also an important part of that. Certainly taking my annual retreats, vacation time, family, perhaps continuing with my brother priest that I have been vacation with in the past. Uh, I have a little cabin in northern Minnesota, so obviously I won't get there nearly as much, but I do look forward to uh, just time with being with the Lord, even if it's just in the cabin or getting down to Boom Tree. They've been very gracious to provide uh, me an opportunity to just come there anytime, like my days off, just to be restored. I I imagine uh, solitude has a real appeal to you now. At least it it probably will after you've uh, you know been in the been on the job for a while. Yeah, you're right. You know, solitude's kind of like uh, I always had uh, great love uh, for people and even you know families and family life. It's like when I go to someone's home and I get to enjoy the kids. Then when they start to get cranky, I get to go home and be alone, and I say, thanks be to God for celibacy. It's kind of like, uh, <laughs> my family is the same thing. I love all the people. It's all great, but now I need to go and just be alone and be alone and be restored and live my life. Grandparenthood is kind of like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it is. Yeah. yeah. got to have something in common. Yes. I have a friend who's, whose motto is, I love to see the headlights, and I love to see the taillights. <laughs> Ah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, since you've only been at it for a week, but you were talking about the blessings, uh, you know, how have you seen the Lord's blessings over the past week? Boy, we really, we really have a lot of snow in the in the uh, transmission here. I hope this isn't. Hope it's not going out over the airways, but. <laughs> I would say really two things. Uh, the first is just the interior grace that I experienced. So, if you will, the, the uh, relationship with God, the friendship with God, and the graces that God has given me to do what I do. But also, when I'm out meeting people and I experience God's love flowing through me to them. So, for example, just last night when I was preaching uh, to people and meeting some of the school kids, they just have this sense of the Father's love. Uh, flowing through each of them to be able to be that uh, presence, if you will, in a particular way as bishops. I'd say those are the two key ways. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. And um, what will your first couple of months look like as you continue to settle in? I imagine you haven't even had been there long enough to kind of figure out what your routine might be. Very well, yes. I am trying to figure out a routine, and that I think will take me some time. I really see these early months as a time to listen and to learn. So, to take time to really listen to people, to learn not only things uh, out of the parishes and from people like me, 
uh, but also the needs of the diocese and functioning of it. So lots of learning. Okay. Are, are, um, are there any reflections that you'd like to leave with the listeners as we prepare for Lent? You know, I think when I think of Lent, it's, it's all about uh, opening our hearts wide enough to let God uh, lead us and guide us into whatever the next steps are in our spiritual growth. So, you know, that's part of the whole purpose of you know, taking time and Lent to kind of step back focus, build some disciplines, it's like prayer, various sacrifices, almsgiving. They're beautiful ways for us to discipline our mind, body, our, uh, our whole being, uh, just to make sure that we're aligned with the Lord and we're allowing uh, Him to work through us, whether it's His parents and our family or whatever work we have, whatever we encounter in our lives, uh, just to be disposed to God and let God, uh, by even our sacrifices, just really let the Lord work through it. Okay, that's great. Uh, uh, we've got a few minutes yet before our next break, and I want to, at this minute, just kind of interject the, to thank everyone for tuning in to Real Presence Real Presence Live this morning. And uh, I, Doreen, my wife, and I, Jack Kennelly, are your hosts, and uh, we're visiting with uh, Bishop DeGroote, the newly ordained bishop for the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I guess I'm. Let's get back to the interview. <laughs> um, I've had a quick question as you were mentioning. You know, visiting with family and friends. I imagine that your your nieces and nephews, assuming that you have them, were calling you father. What do they call you now? They call me all kinds of things. Family, <laughs> they have a lot of fun. So just as an example, I had uh, one of my family call me the other day, and they said, hey, we got a new name for you. And it's uh, sometimes they would call me Padre, which is uh, the uh, Spanish for uh, father. So now they come up with the, with the, the Spanish name of uh, Bishop. So they were laughing and having such a great time at that. So uh, it's one of the questions people often ask. They say, uh, you know, what do I call you now? Uh, and I often just say, you know, there's different names that can be used, uh, Your Excellency, but Bishop is certainly a more familiar term, uh, and I'm certainly comfortable with that. But I never know what's going to come out of that family of mine, because we have a great, great time on teasing each other. <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I was a lawyer for a number of years, and judges will go to a, they actually have kind of a formal school, I think, for judges. Do they have anything for bishops, or do they just throw you into the water? Well, they throw you into the water and see how you do. No, I'm just kidding. They do a bit of that, uh, but they're, uh, you know, I'm blessed to have other bishops that I can consult with. Uh, several of them have already been so gracious and offering to help, you know, for free to call any time, offering advice. But there's also once a year for all the bishops that were named in the last year where we, uh, it's uh, commonly called amongst us anyways, Bishop, uh, Baby Bishop School. So I will be heading to Rome in the fall for that um, opportunity to learn more about uh, how to be a bishop. Will you meet the Holy Father at that time, Bishop? That's a good question. I don't know that detail, but uh, I was very, very blessed because between the time uh, when I got the call um, and, and my appointment on December 12th, uh, our region had the opportunity for their uh, ad limina visit, which is 
bishops have a certain ease and go to, to meet the Pope. So uh, it was just in January I had the chance to meet with him, and he visited with us as a region. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty inspiring. And at one point I sat there and said, what the heck am I doing here? But <laughs> God's plan. Mm-hmm. What You mentioned the call. When you got the call, did you have any uh, inkling ahead of time, or were you just entirely taken off guard? I was entirely taken off guard uh, because the process, it's not like there's a consultation with uh, the candidate that uh, they might have. Uh, so literally, I was just in a meeting, uh, one-on-one meeting with a staff person, and the call came in. So literally, that's how it worked for me. So it, it very much brought me up. And what was your thought when you got the call? <laughs> well, when the Nuncio... Uh, said, you know, are you a place where you can speak quietly? I said, no, but I can get there. So I go to a world where I can speak quietly. And then he said, call on behalf of the Holy Father that uh, you've been appointed to the Bishop of St. Paul's. Will you accept? And I said, oh. So I think that kind of captures my, uh, my <laughs> sentiments. I was very surprised. <laughs> did you have to sit down? Yeah, I say, did your heart start racing? <laughs> you know, it was amazing. My heart did not start racing. Oh. Uh, and I didn't even need to sit down. I just, uh, but as I look back, I see how God was bearing my heart all along. Yes. Well, what a beautiful awareness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's great. I would think it would be kind of an overwhelming feeling. <laughs> Indeed. It's, yeah, different times, it still becomes overwhelming. Yeah. Kind of one of those, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. You captured it well. Okay. Well, we're, we're, we're coming to the end of our time, uh, Bishop, and we certainly want to thank you for taking the time to visit with us today. And uh, could you give us a quick blessing? Absolutely. In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray your grace of blessing on all the good folks and all the good work that they do with the presence of Spirit throughout the diocese, throughout this region of Dakota. So we're blessing the Son of God, the Father, the Son, Amen. Amen. And I hope somebody's driving the car for you so you didn't have to get your hands off the wheel to give us that blessing. (laughs) Well, I probably shouldn't answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, great. Well, safe travels and uh, all the best. And God bless you with, uh, you know, your your new position there as Bishop of Sioux Falls. Thank you so much. It's a great privilege. Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. Up. Up next, find out who gets the donuts this week and honor our fathers. And later, we'll get an update on the things that are moving and shaking in the Minnesota legislature a week after resuming. Real Presence Live continues on the other side of this break. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. 
Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. Real Presence Radio is now accepting applications for a full-time administrative assistant to the programming director. A qualified candidate should demonstrate excellent self-management and time management skills and have excellent oral and written communication skills. Tasks will include assisting in lining up daily guests for our local program, Real Presence Live, writing talking points and promotional material for program segments, and managing your programming calendar. Degree or experience in communication or business administration is preferred but not required. For more information, contact Brandon at 877-795-0122. Hello, I'm Linda Baldwin with the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. We are now open, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on Saturdays. We're located at 3709 South Grange, just west of Costco. We stock Catholic books, artwork, saint medals, rosaries, Bibles, parish supplies, plus mystic monk coffee and gifts for those special occasions like baptisms, First Communion, and Confirmation. I look forward to your visit to the Mustard Seed Catholic Store here in Sioux Falls. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Jack Canelli. And I'm Doreen Canelli, his wife. And this segment is to honor our fathers. Yes, it's time now for this week's Honor Our Fathers segment. We have many great priests who model and guide us in a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. So we want to honor our spiritual fathers with a dozen donuts donated by local businesses. Let us know who you'd like to honor, and each week we will draw a name, share who the winner is, and find out why that particular priest was nominated by one or more of our listeners. So this week... We honor Father Paul Trask from Eagle Butte, South Dakota. Congratulations, Father. We'll be sending Father a dozen donuts, courtesy of Holy Family Bookstore in Fargo. Holy Family Bookstore um, provides books, gifts, and religious articles for all occasions, and their number in Fargo is 701-241-7842. And when Katie nominated Father, um, she said these words, We'd like to nominate Father John Paul Trask, who just left our parish and was moved to Eagle Butte. Very devoted, humble, faithful priest. We just love him. So thank you, Katie, for that nomination. And thank you, Holy Family Bookstore, for providing the donuts for 
Father and his staff. Yes, and again, we'd like to congratulate Father on being chosen this week's honor our uh, on this week's uh, honor our Father segment. This segment is brought to you in part by Holy Family Bookstore in Fargo, and Holy Family Bookstore provides Catholic books, gifts, and religious articles for all occasions. Their number is area code seven zero one two four one seven eight. That's 701-241-7842. Now, if you'd like to help sponsor this segment, please call Brett at area code 605-670-8333. That's 605-670-8333. And Brett would be more than happy to talk to you about this. Okay, up next... An update on things that have been happening in the Minnesota legislature a week after resuming. Real Presence Live continues on the other side of this break. <laughs> 